Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Today we have a special edition. We're calling it the Commitment Cast. Rutgers gets a midweek commitment from official visitor Sam Robinson, uh, who came in the last couple of days. He was a UCF commit, uh, came comes from Lincoln High School in Tallahassee, Florida. A big kid, um, you know, the 15th commit to the class of 2024, uh, you know, the and also the fifth from Florida. Uh, it's becoming a prime rooting, recruiting ground for Rutgers. So to talk about what Rutgers is getting and how this impacts the class, uh, I brought on our man once again, 24-7 sports national recruiting analyst, Brian Doan. Brian, good talking to you once again. I feel like we just did this just recently. <laughs> we did, and it's funny. We, we were talking, I'm sure everybody on here listened, and we were talking yesterday or this morning, whenever it is, about how they had ties in Jacksonville and they knew, you know, guys to recruit there and had connections. And here we see it again. And, you know, uh, Sam Robinson comes up to campus kind of quiet. And, and, you know, you made an interesting point. He tweeted out that he was on the visit while he was a commit. Uh, Is that usually a telltale sign when these kids are visiting quietly and then they all of a sudden start putting it on social? It's something to pay attention to. I mean, there's some kids that will be committed somewhere and they'll tweet out their OV a week beforehand or whatever. But it was clear that he was trying to keep things quiet. Um, And so when you see that show up on social media, it's like, okay, he's having a good time. If Central Florida didn't know, they know now. Um, But, yeah, I mean, when kids are going to start doing that stuff on visits, it's never a bad thing when you're trying to flip a kid. And. Listen, man, he's a kid, I, you know, watching his film, I like this kid. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see on that film that, that really, you know, uh, that really pops? And, and, and what do you think really Rutgers, you know, uh, you know, really wanted this kid for? Well, there's a couple things that that pop. I mean, first of all, it's his size and his frame. He's got great length. I mean, I think I think you wrote 80 inch wingspan or 81 inch wingspan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got plenty of room for frame growth. You know, he's six, four, about, you know, six, three, six, four. 205, 210. And, you know, Bobby, we're, we're used to a little bit of, wow, that's kind of big for a linebacker. Maybe he moves down and puts his hand on the ground or something. But this is what it's becoming now. You have to have these big bodies to play in the Big Ten. And easily, this is a kid that can play at 235, 240 when it's all said and done. But he runs well. He, he has good integrity with his assignments. He's able to sift through traffic and find the ball carrier. He lines up in different places in the defense. There's times where he's out wide and he'll come as an edge guy standing up. He'll drop into coverage. There's times he's in the middle. He pursues on the backside. He's able to, you know, if he's going to fill a run gap, he's able to figure out which gap to fill. And he doesn't just kind of run to an opening, which some kids do. He So he understands where the play is coming to. He knows what his, his assignment is. And he can find the ball carrier looking through the line of scrimmage. And there's an element of physicalness to his game, too. And listen, UCF's a good program. And you look at what they've done over the past, you know, five, six, seven years. And, you know, getting a kid from there, yeah, it's it's pretty important. And, and I think he's a really good player. And Brian, you know, this class is starting to fill. Um this is the third linebacker along with uh, Michigan linebacker Montel Johnson and also Sam Piloff from um, Wisconsin. And not to mention DK Gilly might be able to switch down eventually to linebacker because he's a big safety. What does this do to recruiting moving forward um, with, with some potential, uh, you know, potential guys? 
Yeah, and you and I spoke about it in the last podcast about how sometimes guys like this will come into the picture and make a decision, and all of a sudden somebody else doesn't fit into the equation anymore because the slot's filled. And, you know, I look at – I know they were recruiting Willie Love as kind of like a safety linebacker thing, but if it's linebacker, then you start wondering, okay, is there – you know, does he have to get on board soon or is there even a home for him? And I just think it as the class fills up um, – and obviously, it's, it's clear that Rutgers likes this kid. They they took him, right? And they saw him play. They saw him in spring practice in Florida in May, which is a huge thing that is, you know, that's why everybody goes down in Florida in May to recruit, because you can go watch them practice and not just work out. And they saw him. He's, like I said, he's got he's got really good length and size. He's got position versatility because, let's be honest, he, he – could be a kid who eventually moves into a straight edge role, maybe like a Mo Ture or something. But watching his tape and, and just thinking back, he's got a lot of the same mannerisms and, and characteristics as Tareem Powell, who, look, he's a really good linebacker at Rutgers. And, you know, I, I think you're seeing some of the traits that they want in that position. And, you know, Greg is always looking to upgrade in, in speed. And what better place to go to Florida? And, you know, this kid has the size, too. You're seeing this team becoming bigger every year. Can you see a real change in the dynamic of these players that they are recruiting as opposed to what it was, you know, just a couple of years ago? Yeah, I, I think I think in looking at it, and, and I think Shiana's talked about this a little bit, um, just in interviews and stuff, and they want to recruit, you know, a trait. You know, you better have an elite trait, and for some of it, maybe size, but a lot of times it's speed. And this is a kid that ran in the four sixes um, as a linebacker. And, you know, I, I always go back. I will never forget um, when I was covering Rutgers and going to that game in Cincinnati where they gave up like 69 points or whatever it was. Yes. And, and, and then like four months later, they had a pro day and their linebackers were running like four nines and five flats. And I'm like, no wonder he had trouble <laughs> against Cincinnati. These kids can't yeah. run. And, and, and that always sticks in my mind. But, yeah, this is a kid that runs really well and changes direction, and he's big. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot more talent in the program than many people realize. But, you know, without being a dead horse, it's going to come down to the O-line and the quarterback – um, especially for this season, but you definitely can see the upgrading talent throughout the roster. Right. We talked about this in the prior podcast, these commitments just putting a little tighter clinch onto, you know, space. And, and does every commitment kind of help in regards to the fact that they're trying to get some of these kids in, in those efforts? I mean, you know, say, Hey, look, we got another commitment. We only have so much room. Now the more the commits that I get, does that more of a, of kind of a um, bargaining chip with some of these uncommitted kids? A little bit. I mean, I think it works both ways. If, if, you know, if you're talking about, let's say Josiah Brown, right? Mm -hmm. Who, if he decides he wants to wait till October, my guess is Rutgers will find a way to make sure there's room in the class. Right. So, I mean, if it depends on the kid, but, mm -hmm. you know, for, and, and those are a lot, you know, special circumstances, the elite kids, but this is why everybody's committing by the first week of July, because they see the slots filling up and, you know, the ones that really understand it and really feel comfortable at a place wind up committing. And then others, you know, listen, man, Bobby, we've seen it, we've seen it before and we're going to continue to see it. 
there's going to be kids that had a chance to commit that don't commit that, you know, from my vantage point, maybe aren't getting the most complete picture and best advice for their situation. And they wind up missing out on it. And, you know, it could be the difference between playing power five versus group of five. And it could be the difference between playing power five and playing FCS in some regards. Mm -hmm. So I I think, think, yeah, it always puts some pressure on, but I think it depends on the kid. Like you can look at each one individually. Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, what advice are they getting? Some of these kids don't have people in their ear with realistic and objective um, advice. You know, it's easy to be, uh, it's easy to be less objective when you're close to the situation, but I think it's really important to get advice, you know, based on with that objectivity. And it's just not there for some kids. And it's a shame because we see some of these kids fall down who are once top recruits and, you know, they're having to settle for these other schools. And we've seen it time again, remember um, Brian Ugu had all those options and then had to walk on at Rutgers. Right. Right. And, and I think, you know, for the most part, these kids get good advice. Um, mm-hmm. The majority of them, the people looking out for them and, and guiding them are giving the right information. But listen, man, it's just like in life. Not everybody is going to be objective and not everybody's going to look at it the right way. And I know and I'm not going to get into schools and everything, but there's some kids that want to commit to school A and then their handler or coach or whatever We'll tell them not to and talk them out of it and wait and or they don't like something that took place in the past where there's something personal involved. And before you know it, these kids aren't in the power five situation anymore. You know, it, it just it just it's just it's unfortunate. You see it a lot. Um, not a ton, but enough to make you to make it still leave a bad taste in your mouth. Right. And. Any any more uh, final thoughts on that, Brian? We're not going to wrap a uh, do a, a real long one today because it's you know in the heart of the commitment uh, and and just kind of focus on this. But any final thoughts in this situation or or Rutgers recruiting and moving forward in general? No, I think I think the only thing I'll say is, you know, it's a different kind of age with how sped up recruiting is with some of these things where usually a kid would camp really well and then you'd recruit him throughout the summer. Maybe he would commit in the fall and and I'm saying this not just for Rutgers, but across the board, because I, I ranked a lot of commits today in terms of kids that weren't committed because we hadn't seen them in camp yet. Or we're waiting for some numbers and stuff. The day of just looking at the offer list is over. You know, don't just look when you, when when a school gets a kid and for in this case, when Rutgers gets a kid. Did they find somebody and what information do they have that maybe some other schools didn't have when you're talking about? Maybe some hidden guys or guys that aren't as well known. I think I think that's the one thing is don't just say, hey, what what happened? You know, my goodness, how did this happen? Um, there, there's always some kind of reason behind it. And especially with Shannon, you know how thorough he is that you can agree or disagree with with a take of a kid here or there. And I'm not saying for either case in this one, but there's always some extraordinary trait that the kid usually has good point good point well thank you for jumping on with us brian and uh thank you for listening you can interact with myself and brian on the roundtable message board uh get yourself a vip membership to scarlet nation we have them 50 percent off now 
Uh, if you're not on, get on. We're doing sports all day. Today is our No Work Wednesday. We just don't stop. We work. You guys don't have to. So, <laughs> Brian, thank you again. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on the next Scarlet Nation podcast.